I just want to say Tyler the Creator is the best friend in the world and I love him so much. And I want to tell you guys something Tyler doesn't want to say, but Tyler's my mother boyfriend and he's been my mother boyfriend my whole life. Did you know that during slavery the slaveholders would buy male slaves to engage in forced homosexual sex acts? These male slaves were purchased based entirely on the prerequisite of them possessing a large penis. Black men were routinely raped by their gay slave owners. The process was known as breaking the buck, buck-breaking sex farms. It involves a strapping Negro slave who was defiant was beaten with a whip till bloody in front of his entire slave congregation. The slave owner would cut down a tree and with the help of the overseer would then pummel the defiant buck into submission. Once the slave was worn down, the master had the other Negro slaves force him over the tree stump where his breeches would be removed and he laid fully exposed with his buttocks out. He would remove his own clothing and proceeded to savagely sodomize the buck in front of his wife, family, friends, and children. In order for his plan to take effect, he would require the buck's male child to watch, front row and center, so he too can witness his father's sexual demise and humiliation. Buck breaking was a slave master's very effective tool to keep all young black slaves from ever being defiant and taking revenge. It also frightened the mothers and wives from ever giving consent to an uprising. Buck breaking was so successful that it was made into a sex farm where slave masters could travel from plantation to plantation feeding their sadistic homosexual needs. The fertility of enslaved women was examined by owners to make sure they were able to birth as many children as possible. Secretly, slave owners would impregnate enslaved women, and when the child was born and grew to an age where he can work on the fields, they would take the very same children of their own blood and make slaves out of them. So this is documented, well documented, but we don't hear much of this. It was common for the slaves to be subordinated sexually to the master, even men with enslaved males. It was part of the enslaved man's function as an animated tool, an instrument of pleasure. When enslaved males turned 15 years old, and younger in some cases, they had their first inspection. Boys who were underdeveloped had their testicles castrated and sent to the market or used on the farm. Each enslaved male was expected to get 12 females pregnant a year. The men were used for breeding for five years. One enslaved man's name, Bert, produced more than 200 offspring, according to slave narratives. To combat this high rate of death among the enslaved, plantation owners demanded females start having children at 13. By 20, 
the enslaved women would be expected to have four or five children. As an inducement, plantation owners promised freedom for enslaved females once she bore 15 children. If the enslaved woman was considered pretty, she would be bought by plantation owners and given special treatment in the house, but often subjected to horrifying cruelty by the master's wife, including the beheading of a child because he was the product of an enslaved master affair. Often, the plantation owner would entertain his friends by forcing the enslaved blacks to have orgies, multiple pairings, having sex in front of them. And the white men would often participate in the debauchery. What does this sound like, people? Is it any different right now? When we see Jaden Smith proclaim that he has a boyfriend in Tyler, the creator. And we say that it's our right to do so. Yes, in this decadent society, you can do whatever it is that you want. Whatever is in your DNA from the creator, you can go against that to the delight of the modern day slave master, the one who oppresses you, the God of this world. Isn't it sickening? And we go along with it. But look at it this way. And we'll talk about Jaden in a little while, but there's a few points that I want to bring up because my brain is swirling right now on this beautiful morning. The main thing is we have to continue to talk about these things because subconsciously it's being swept up under the rug. But here at Landscurve, we're going to continue to be bold on what we speak about. And I don't care how many thumbs down I get on this video on whatever platform it is. The more, the better. That means I'm touching nerves. But when you look at how many children our young ladies or sisters are having without thinking, we're still on a plantation. When you, when you see how it's no crime for our black brothers to impregnate as many women as they possibly can, it points to the fact that we're still on a plantation. When you see that those of us who are capable of having an uprising and think outside the oppressed box, when we walk strong with purpose, with the purpose of freeing our people mentally, physically, and spiritually, we're buck broken. Not buck broken in the same way that happened back in the day. And oftentimes it can be that way. But we're smeared in our character. So when it comes to the media, understand that why is it that in America, we're 13% of the population, give or take, which I believe is a lot more because a lot of us are cooning and check the other box and want to be everything else other than what we are. But with that fact being said, genetic annihilation is an effect and the Caucasian population will be under 50% in about 20 years. So you go figure the numbers. They know we're coming, but they don't want a unified mind. They know we're coming. So they have to chop us down long before we come into our senses. And, and it's not just one way to be buck broken. But we are. Black men sagging their pants and giving you a view of their rounded derriere like it's a woman. Letting you know I'm available or I have been buck broken. There's nothing cool about sagging. 
You are telling the slave master in the system that I've been had already and you can have me again. Look at my ass. I'm giving you my ass. Women have no need to look at the man's ass. Now, if you like the male body as a woman, I have no problem with that. But why has butt crack become the new cleavage? And it's not a heterosexual thing. We're buck broken. Please leave me alone. I'm showing you I've already been had. Go to the next guy. I'm not defiant. That's what it's all about. It's all about our penis too. You see, that's all we feel we have. The brothers on the corner. Sisters, you go to work, you see them. Sisters, you come back from work, they're still there. I don't know what they're doing. Oftentimes they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing or they don't have the time for those who are out there who are not conscious. But guess what? In the morning time when you walk past that corner store where the brothers are on your way to work, if you have to take public transportation, they are holding on to their testicles. They are holding on to their penis. Because subconsciously, that's the only thing they feel they have to offer the world and they have a value. While the oppressor subdues and conquers the world all around them. And they are the inferior conquerors. We are the superior conquerors, but they've conquered us subconsciously and consciously through so many different means. So the mainstream media's buck-breaking of the black man didn't just involve grabbing him physically and putting a penis up his backside in front of everybody. But we're hu humiliated, and everything that is decadence, we become the face of. But we're 13% we're of the population. But they make sure to, to train people to see us f far away from what we really are. They get into our mind early. Get up under the hood and rewire our development so we could never be all that we can be. We're disconnected. We're sucking on the bottle, but never the breast. There's no connection to the mother. The mothers have no connection to the man. They don't have a man at night. They pride themselves in having a battery-operated boyfriend. So there's no connection with us. The images that bombard our mind... Some of us can handle it because we're well-rooted in who we are. The concrete mold has been set. But when the concrete mold hasn't been set, somebody can walk over and put an imprint of their hand and an imprint, put imprint of their foot to let you know that they've been there. Well, look at the black man and woman today in America and in the world. Before our molds have been set, someone else has been there. That's why we are so turned out and turned around and buck broken like we are. Sisters are scared to be themselves. I can't, I can't go in that job and wear my hair natural. The white man has drawn the line in the sand and you're afraid to cross over because if, if you're viewed as being the slightest bit of defiant, you're going to be dealt with and you know this. But we've got to understand that energy cannot be destroyed. It only changes forms. But the white man and his religion has you so afraid of death. And if you don't obey, you're going to go to hell. Well, we're in hell already. What more hell can we be in? This is eternal hellfire on this earth as a black man and a black woman. And you say we played a race card, but you got the whole damn deck. The other day, someone close to me 
had to return a rental vehicle. While their main vehicle was being worked on, they had the rental vehicle, but they would continue. They, they, they had a continued charge on toll in, on a vehicle that they didn't have anymore. They had their vehicle fixed. And from what I'm hearing, there was a white woman standing nearby speaking to one of the customer service agents saying that, look at this person. They're always trying to get over, meaning that. Black women and black men are always trying to get over. Well, how the hell can you move your mouth to say that, cave beast? When your whole very existence is, is, is based on getting over, raping and robbing the resources of all the darker peoples of the world. You got some damn nerve. Maybe you fell asleep in history class, but then again, maybe you were awake in history class because the history that I, I taught had didn't tell me half the stuff that I learned on the internet today. So you did pay attention to that propaganda and you look like a damn fool. And you expect us to be subservient when you make these little smart remarks. You should be ashamed of yourself to put your nose in the air and feel superior to anybody after all the hell that your people have done to the world. And you inherit this? And you feel proud of your inheritance? That means you're damn evil. And I have no dealings with them. Stay away from me. And if you want to get a taste of some reality, come and mess with me. You buck break me or try to buck. First of all, you ain't buck breaking me. You never have. And you never will. And if you even entertain that thought, you're going to be in for a big surprise. Because I'm willing to give my life to die as a man, a full man. And many of us are such in fear of the oppressor that we give it up early. Just like that little school kid who was a nerd, who was very, he was smart. The bullies would beat him up and make him do the homework. The bullies would beat him up and make him give up the lunch money. So that little kid was symbolically butt broken in a way where he saw the bully coming. He just gave the money up. Oh, don't beat me up. Don't punch me here. Here's my lunch money and give me your homework or give me the papers for your homework and I'll fill it out. And that's what we do. That's what the coons do. We fall into position. And you see how they did it when they buck broke a man, a black man. They got some of the other Negroes to help. So in essence, it's like some of us who are already pre buck broken, who don't want that treatment because we saw what happened. And we see what happens when you try to step up against Massa. And I don't want nothing like that. I'm just going to go on and continue to make 200 babies and, and, and do what he says and do his work. And that's how you all walk around today, believing in his religious system, system of oppression to keep your mind locked up. That's why you run around today tomorrow. Vote, vote, vote. How are you going to vote for the man? Or the, or the one who works for the man and think that change is going to come. Old as your ass is, nothing changed. You got to understand that you are the governor. You are the councilman. You're, you're the state representative. You're the president of your own life. If my grass needs to be cut, the president ain't going to come down and do it. If I have a headache and have to deal with it by getting the proper herbs and alkaline water and rest and maybe purging and exercise in my body, dealing with myself, the president don't give a damn about that. 
Vote for yourself. Vote for yourself that you open up your mind and see reality for what it is. You create your reality. And it's a hell of a reality that the oppressor has created in the minds of black people. So now we all fall into place. We all fall into place when we get that job with white folks in their corporate arenas. And we know at the Christmas party that we have to knock our man. Ain't that right, sisters? Well, where's Rollo? Well, you know Rollo ain't no good. You know, he ain't about shit. He out there probably with some other woman. He out there probably begging and bumming. I threw him out, but I gave him a little food. I let him come back in. But, you know, he ain't amount to nothing. Well, you know, if he can clean himself up, you know, maybe we can have him work in the mail room. So they can see him in your interaction and be entertained. That's why when you look at these sitcoms, the ones that last a good long time, we're acting like buffoons. And that's why to get a little attention, because we love attention, because on a plantation, we entertain the slave master. We, we cooned for him. We'd run to him to tell on the other enslaved black man or woman as though we're going to get brownie points with them. So this behavior has carried on. And so for some of you white people, well, we're, you're, not slave, you're not slaves anymore. But the psychological implications and the effects. Look, you take a mere kitten, a cat. And you go down to the shelter where they have so-called stray animals that they picked up off of the street or abused animals. You take an abused animal and you bring them home. You bring a cat home that was thrown around and kicked and starved and beat. You bring him home to a loving home. You think he's going to just acclimate to the loving home? He don't trust nothing. You let that cat in the house, he's going to run under the couch. You say, dang, I didn't see the cat for three days. He must be hungry because in his mind, hunger can be there. But there are other things that he's dealing with. Maybe I can get the same treatment in this strange new place. He doesn't know that the climate has changed. So you leave out the milk and you leave out the food and you go on to sleep and you wake up and you see the milk and the food gone. He came out. But the minute you spot him, he runs. After time, the cat will come out when, when they see the atmosphere is different. So the effects of slavery in our DNA are there, deeply embedded. That type of energy on this very soil here called America and beyond, because this thing was worldwide. That thing is still there. You can feel it. You can see it. They feel it as much as they can being humanoid, as much as they can being cave beasts who are evil, who would even think about doing something like this diabolical and continue to want to hold on to that proximity of power they don't want to let it go they know how they got in that position but they don't want to let it go but they want to act humane to you the colgate smiles for a time or get that one little black friend i have a black friend like a pass i have a yearly pass to get into the amusement park well i, I have a lifetime pass to get into black affairs because <laughs> i have that black friend Usually a nerd who doesn't know who he is and doesn't want to know who he is, but his skin is black. So that's good enough for me. Many of us are like this. Many of us will, will strip ourselves of who we are, what little bit is left just to fit into their system. And when you see someone walking strong and walking true and walking re relaxed and loving who they are, you get very upset. You get very upset with that person, but you're really damn upset with yourself because you can't face who you are. And you see the next person not playing the coon game.
no matter who you are. I have a lot of problems with people who key key with the slave master's children. They laugh with them. And oh, yes. And so and I, I don't hate anybody, but I love myself and I'm not going to degrade myself to fit into your system. And it's almost like you have to fall into place. And the whole world wants to be European. The whole world wants the so-called European standard of beauty. And when they know that you don't go for that and you love your black woman, you love your black wife, they got a problem with you because you're not serving the same God. When they say in God we trust, what do they mean? Who do they mean? In God we trust. Let's try to define what God is. Because you can have money in your pocket and I can have lots of money in, in my pocket and I can sit down to the table to do a deal with you and you whip out some Japanese yen and I might whip out a, a, a Mexican peso. So we can't do business until we come into common ground. So we got to understand what the common ground is. And when we do understand, maybe you realize you didn't have as much money in your pocket as you thought you did. Now you got a problem with me. Because I'm content in who I am and I'm going to speak boldly. I don't give a damn. I know people that know me in my neighborhood listen to this stuff. I know people on a so-called plantation that I work on for a little while longer listen to this stuff. You think I give a damn? Call me into the office for this. And let me give you a piece of my mind. Because this is reality for me and I have the right to speak about my experience, my viewpoints, my perspective. Why do you find your nosy ass up on this particular platform if you got a problem with it? You see that little red box in the upper right hand corner with the white X in it? Click it and stop being nosy. But you see somebody who is defiant. You look over the horizon looking to see who's buck broken. Or who's not buck broken. And then the game is on. The target is on. Now we have to get to him somehow. What's the biggest way when people know on a job that you're not buck broken and you're one of those defiant Negroes who's good at what he does and does the job well, but you got a problem with his ideology? What's the first thing that white woman says when she has a problem with you? Because you can have exchanges on a job. But it may seem to be one thing, but there are different forces behind it. They're trying to find a way to buck break you with rules. And what's the first thing they say in public? I'll have your job. Now, what if you're self-employed? What you going to do then? What if you got 20 other hustles? What are you going to do then? You're going to fire me from me? What are you going to take my artistic ability away from making money online with people from all over the world paying me well? You going to have that too? Oh, you mad about that? You dig and you find? Best just leave him alone for now. He, he's just, he has no shame. He will reveal us. And I'll read you like a cheap novel every time. Trust me. Now, we have Jaden Smith, who I believe is about 20 years old now. Correct? And this Tyler, the creator. Now, I don't keep up with rap. But I hear he's a rapper. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But he's just one of those faces on the ever-evolving, revolving uh, uh, faceplate of mainstream media. Why is it that the Jewish-owned TMZ, Harvey Levin, who I used to work with and actually bodyguard when I was in New York City as he did the People's Court segment outside in the street? Yes, good old Scurve was there. And I didn't know what the creator was grooming me for. I used to overhear a lot of conversations with 
Hollywood bigwigs. And I would listen as they snuck over to the side and would whisper. And at one point I was hearing so good that Harvey told me, um, Lance, could you just um, kind of stand over there and not play us so close? No, I, I was playing like I wasn't listening. But he told me that. So if there's any Illuminati or whatever going on, he's part of it. But why is it on a platform like that? That most of the people that they're speaking about are these rappers and actors and, and, and they're taking control of the mind of our young because let's not forget we say it, but we have to always remember that imagery is more powerful than words. Parents, when you see that your kids are on their smartphones watching this buffoonery, this engineered buffoonery, this engineered image of us pre-buck broken for your kids to absorb it so they can buck break them remotely. They don't have to do it anymore in person. And they do. They'll kill somebody. They'll do something and make you see it on the news. But these images are, are getting into your home through the smartphone and through the computer. And they are pre-buck breaking your children. They are pre-buck-breaking your, 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 your young men, letting them, letting them know if you are defiant and you want to break the rules, bad things can happen. Now, we have our young children, young boys, and yes, you know, we're going to deal with, with the young ladies also, but this is focusing on the young men. And if you want us to talk more about this, let me know. And if you have anything that you want to say about this topic, let me know. and We'll do a conversation about it because we want to get this information off. I'm, I'm starting this off, but we can continue. 407-590-0755. Text me. It's better than a call or scurvemedia at gmail.com. All of the information is below. I'm the most easily accessible person expressing myself online. I almost said YouTuber, but I'm bigger than that. I'm not just a black YouTuber. I'm a revolutionary who happens to drop a few things there, just like Brother Keston does. But he's nowhere on social media dealing with who said what. He drops his truth and he moves on. You plant your seeds when you know you're a good farmer. You don't have to go back. You know the soil conditions. You know it rains properly. You know the altitude I'm planting the seed. I know it's going to grow. Somebody's going to get it. It's not about popularity either. It's about resonating with those who are on the fence, who, who can't decide. They may not have the positive influence in their life. And you say, man, I heard this thing and I'm going to straighten up. I'm going to pull my pants up. I'm going to meditate on why I did that stuff in the first place and was a follower. A follower to what? Trace it back and see why you do the things that you do. Why you are the way that you are. You are a man. You are not a homosexual. You're, you didn't come into this world buck broken because when you claim that, you're telling the world, I'm buck broken. Wearing the rainbow as a black man, you're talking about, I'm buck broken. God made the rainbow. But it's funny how the rainbow doesn't have the color black in it. If it did, maybe they would feel different about that symbolism. But then again, if you take the natural rainbow and put all the colors together, you will get black. So it shows that everything and everybody comes out of us. But see, we can't, we, we don't see those things that nature is screaming at us to know. There's so much in nature. You give me college, you give me nature, nature wins hands down as long as your eye is wide open. All this uh, 
think in the textbooks they tell you and you have to study it and spit it back correctly to show that you're a trained puppy and they give you a degree to fit in their system. A system that doesn't serve you. And when you serve it and it doesn't need you anymore, here you are with this piece of paper and nowhere to go. All dressed up and nowhere to go. It doesn't teach you to be a thinker. If you're a thinker and you meditate and let things resonate, you can create and you can move mountains as one man and one woman. But they don't want you in that space. They don't want you to have that mentality. They don't want you to be free. When you're free, you wake up every morning with passion. You wake up every morning ready to conquer. My beautiful wife made me a beautiful plate of, of, of food that was created in the sun. Vegetables and, and, and all the, the variety, the colors, the rainbow of food, righteously. And it fired me up. And I'm looking out of the window right now, the sun dropping down and me, giving me instructions on what to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. I didn't, I didn't make, make a script out of this and reading this. When you're inspired, you don't need anybody else's script. You follow divine law and instruction. And that's why every time there's some kind of calamity against our people, there's always the revolutionaries who will rise up. And they know that so much has been done to us severely and even more severe now because we have the chemical warfare. We have the psychological warfare. We, we, we have all of these things happening to us. But then when they shoot one of us, the focus is on a cop shot a black kid, as it should be. But there's so many different areas that we are being attacked on. The food that we're eating. They're putting poison in our neighborhoods. They're putting poison in our food and we're eating it up. Chemically altering ourselves, the soy, messing with our home hormones, throwing the balance of testosterone and estrogen off to the point we have little boys with breasts now. Little boys with D cups, the prancing elites. Remember that show? Google it, the prancing elites. And how they had black men jumping around in leotards and relaxed hair. These images are placed in our mind. And so when we do have a household that doesn't have a man, I'm not saying a male, it's easy, sisters, to get a penis around the house every now and then. Two o'clock in the morning. Oh, baby, you know, the kids will be asleep. Uh, I'm going to leave the door uh, uh, cracked so you can come on in. But I, I got to wake up at four o'clock now. So we got two hours to do what you got to do. I'm talking about a man who's there 24-7, who's getting it for that family, who's giving wisdom to that family and letting those children see a real man. Play the shaft music, somebody. Play the shaft music, somebody. Every morning I get up, the first thing I do, ain't no, <laughs> praise Jesus. No, I'm playing my shaft music. Who is the man who would risk his neck for his brother, man? Lance, and insert your name as a black man. Sometimes I say scurve, sometimes I say lance, because you see, we are not getting the reinforcement from this homosexual, deviant, buck-breaking system for us. So we've got to boost each other up. When you see brothers, a strong black man walking down the street, you can look in his eyes and download the fact that he has wisdom. You look at him strong, not as an enemy the way our enemy wants you to look at him, but you look at him in solidarity and give him his props. And you don't even have to introduce yourself. You know how many times I see black brothers in the street who are about it? I say, hey, brother, you know, <laughs> I'm letting you know, brother, I love you. It's not, it's not easy out here. 
but I, I'm glad that I see somebody just like me, brother. Hey, man, give me a hug, man. Boom. Love you, bro. I'm here for you. Don't even know the brother's name, but we see each other out on the battlefield. Whatever you can do for your brothers. Now, sometimes I, oftentimes I get the other look and I just turn away because this next dude's looking at me like, like, like he's a woman. No, I don't get down with that energy. I'm not going to even acknowledge that. But I will tell you one thing, brother. I know that you're in a degraded state and I sympathize with you. But I'm not going to indulge with you in that type of activity. But if you need me to talk to you, I will talk to you righteously because you're like that car in the junkyard that ain't working and everybody's pulling pieces off of you. That is not your battle. That is not who you are. I'm not here to hate you. I do not hate you. I hate what was done to you. But I'm not going to feed into that because I am not that. And that is not proper. That is not building the black family. That is not my fight. I was lured, or not lured, but an old video that I did, and I spoke about homosexuality, black men. There was somebody who was trying to prove, uh, make a valid point of homosexuality about the animals. Well, it's been proven that certain animals, they, they indulge in it, and the population of that animal. I said, come on, man. We're not animals. We're, we're, we're the highest beings, and that's not my fight. You sit here and you try to justify your behavior through the animals. Well, already you have because the animals that got you in that state, you're justifying it to them. And they love it. And you know why? Because you are no threat. You are no threat to build community. You are no threat to build family. You are no threat to build businesses. You are no, you are no threat to him whatsoever when... When the biggest thing on your mind is, oh, <laughs> that guy is cute. What's his name? <laughs> How's this lip gloss look? I'm going to relax my hair. And you're switching back and forth. You're wasting your precious time. We got, we, got, we got a community to build. You can't build no community by going and showing out to the slave master that you're buck broken. You're of no use. There's no life in that. I know you like it when I say it, Shelly. But I'm going to say it right now. There ain't no life up in no man's ass. There ain't no life up in no man's ass. And even if you do produce a child or 200 babies with one or several of your sisters, there's no life in them because the mind and the head that is connected to that body. When you look at the sexual union, no matter what position you prefer, the genitalia at the base of the spine. And you connect yours with that woman. And going up the spine, you have the head. And both of your heads and both of your consciousness are being connected at the point of, 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 of producing that child. At the point of conception. That is why there's so much pleasure in that. Because it's life. Life is pleasure when you do it the right way on all levels. But if you have nothing in your head, you have nothing to transmit to that baby that you just conceived. And they're an open slate. And yes, people say, well, children are born. No, they come here with something when the parents are right. But it's like a hybrid. It's like that tree, the little branch, and you cut the branch and you put a branch from another type of fruit in that and it grows. So we have people with black skin, beautiful melanated skin. But they have a white mind. They have a submissive mind to all things white. And when somebody talks about that, it's like, oh, he's starting trouble. But you know you ain't right. You don't feel right. 
And when you get into the presence of somebody like me, you feel all jacked up. So don't throw off on me because your stuff ain't together. Don't get mad at the person who studied for their test and passes it with flying colors and all you did was hang out with the idiots and didn't study. Now you're sitting here at the test at the table scratching your head. Your pencil is the only one ain't moving. And your eraser is down to nothing by the time the test is over. Be prepared, people. Now look at Jaden Smith. I almost forgot about that one, right? <laughs> Excuse me for such a long introduction, but this part will be very short after all that I have said. But Jaden Smith, do you expect him to be not confused? He came up in Hollywood, 20 years old. His whole life has been in front of the camera. A very famous father who was allowed to, for the purposes of Hollywood, to be that minstrel man. And no, I'm not uh, angry at this man's so-called success because it's not really success to be used as a tool. They will give you something for a while, but they want something back in return. If you can't figure that out, then don't argue with me. I'm not even going to respond. This is for the people who already know. But you have ways of sacrificing by killing off a loved one or somebody close to you or sacrificing them by having them grow into this thing. Wasn't it Will Smith who tried to kiss his son on some interview? Come on, y'all. There's enough of y'all listening to this to know. Didn't he play some, uh, uh, wasn't he in a bed with somebody and uh, six degrees of separation? What? I don't watch these movies, but you tell me in the comment section. And, and the son has to see this. And if he was too young to know, eventually he will see this. I'm not saying Will Smith is a porn star, but let's use the example and say, if you're a porn star and say, well, my kid's two years old, they don't know. Well, this stuff is going to be around 20 years from now. And they're going to see exactly what you're doing. And it's going to affect them. And even if you hit it from them, that energy that you don't see is there. They did a wonderful job, the powers that be, in cleaning up certain things that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith said. But I'm not crazy. And I know I read a lot. And I'm an old magazine type dude. You get the magazine in your hand, nobody from another state, another country can erase what's in that magazine. And you're damn sure not going to erase what's in my head. And I know for a fact, I read this in a magazine. Any Will and Jada Pinkett interviews that you have in a magazine and some old magazines, don't throw them away so fast. Look through them. About 20 years ago, 18, 17, 16, I'm not sure when, but look through them because I know this is what I heard Jada Pinkett Smith say. Not verbatim, but to the effect of. So don't nitpick me. But basically, she said, Will and I are in an open relationship. There is no jealousy. We see who we want to see. Now, it went on further, and I'm not going to say, and that was not verbatim, y'all. Open relationship and you in Hollywood. So that means he can screw who he wants to screw, and you can screw who you want to screw. Go on the internet now and Google that, and you probably won't find it. Just how Al Sharpton wore wires for the government to go after certain mobsters and to go betray Don King. You won't see much of that because he has a TV show now and he is Illuminati approved. He is white supremacy approved. And as long as you're a tool, you're all right with them until they want to get rid of you. That tool that you need when you go to Home Depot or Lowe's, you sure need it. It's the most precious thing. 
because you got a problem that only that tool can solve. And once you're done with that tool, you throw it down. Hey, Harry, you want, it? you want this? I don't need it anymore. Well, they don't need us anymore for anything concrete, but they're going to use us now against ourselves to self-destruct. And they're going to help the world to hate us by the imagery that they put out to the world of us. And so many of us are so willing to sign up because we want to be seen. We want to be famous. We want to get that hit on YouTube. We ain't going to do nothing concrete in life, but we just want to have my channel. My channel. And your mind is so sucked into the internet and the media and, and who's getting high ratings and, and who's the most famous and who can say things better. It's so easy to engineer your image now, but everything is shallow. It's like biting into that shiny, pretty apple, that red apple. So shiny on the shelf and you bite into it and it's the most rotten thing. You can't wait to spit it out. You, no man, you don't care who's around you. The skin of the apple like leather. Tough. You bite. What is this? So what are, what are we putting our emphasis on? There are some of us who are buck broken and will never come back. We are totally sold out. The amount of men that walk past me in the street and lick their lips and look, look down at my crotch. I'm quick with things. I'm an artist. I got some good eyes. I see everything. The peripherals, even on the bus when I'm driving, the windshield and the windows next to me cast reflections. I'm watching everything around me. Not just physically watching it with the lenses called eyes, but with the eye. Thank you for that, Brother Keston. You clarified that. Now I can, I'm going to run with that, but I got to give credit where credit's due. My eye is looking at all of that. My eye is seeing your spirit. My eye is seeing your intentions. My eye is seeing how rotten you are on the inside. Just the same way I see the good people. I see the kindred spirits. I see the ones who want to build. It's not all negative, y'all. But it's more negative than positive. And there's some nice people out here with negative agendas because they're misled. So it's my job to speak to them and kind of straighten them out. And if for some reason I'm not going the right path, straighten me out. No, I'm going the right path with my sexuality. I'm talking about straighten me out as far as my mission. To be a plus to my people. To tell them things that they're not going to hear on the internet or on TV or even in church. You're not going to hear this kind of stuff at church. You're not going to hear no real talk. Because those pastors and preachers are commissioned to keep us subservient and buck broken. This is why you don't see any strong, independent men in the churches speaking. Because they also can't insult the white slave master, whether they're there or not. Those are the ones backing them up and giving them the proper paperwork to be the pastor that they are. You can't do this, but you can do that. This is the area that you can speak on in the arena you can speak in, but you can't go there because control has got to be maintained. So you have to tell, you can do nice things and pray over them. What about some damn action? What about some damn action? If we had, ha take the number of churches in the black neighborhood, which are plenty, they're there to stop a revolution. They want to catch you as a revolutionary when you're down, crying over the casket of a loved one, and they're going to extend their so-called love. Let's pull him in. Maybe we can tone him down. No, I don't want to go there. I don't want, I don't want to even get none of your white man caskets. I don't care if it's a black-owned company. Let me go and get some wood and make my own drop me in the ground because my energy is not there anymore. Know me for the life that I lived, that I wasn't buck-broken. And don't turn me into something else other than what I was 
in my transition. They'll, they'll do that. Come talk about Muhammad Ali was bisexual. Malcolm X was bisexual. Because even after the transition, their life walk was so strong. Yes, Muhammad Ali loved women. He was an athlete. He wasn't perfect. But Malcolm X now, why you want to come at him? Any strong black man who can't fit into this present day effeminate agenda in hindsight must be destroyed. We, we, we can't show any of that. So this is why, again, play the shaft music. When I walk down the street, you're going to feel my energy. When I look you in the eye, you're going to feel my energy. When I speak to you, every syllable that comes out of my mouth, you're going to feel it. It's not angry. It's raw, untouched black strength, which is unacceptable in today's society. This is why you have a Jaden Smith who was being made fun of in Hollywood because they say that he wasn't the actor that his father was. But I bet you one thing, after he came out on stage talking about Tyler, the creator, is my Emma effing boyfriend. All oh, the contracts will come in because he's telling you, I'm buck broken. I want to be buck broken. I want to be a tool in Hollywood because, see, the agenda when Will Smith was coming along was there, but it's not as flaming as it is now. So we need more flaming people who will trade in their fame. See, he got the fame already. He's been in movies already. For those who are trying to get in, they really got to push hard, but he's more visible and effective. So he's going to be used as a tool. So don't be surprised when you find out that many of the hetero looking men in Hollywood are actually buck broken men who are acting. They're, they're GMO heterosexuals. They're not real. You look at me, you know what's up with that. I ain't got a bone in that in my body. But on that note, people, I want to hear what you have to say. I got to make a few runs. I want to get some of the sunlight outside. But I can go more and I will go more on Jaden. But we're talking about that so much in the wrong way. That it's a major distraction. And it has become normalcy. Because even on the Breakfast Club, Charlamagne the guy was saying, or the other guy, um, 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 what's his name? He said, well, well, so-and-so, uh, do you have a boyfriend? No, I don't have a boyfriend, Charlamagne said. This kind of jargon has become normalcy now. You ask a man back in the 70s where I come from, um, excuse me, do you have a boyfriend? Before friend came out my, my mouth, I would be picking up my teeth like bloody chiclets. Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com and follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve.